right, welcome to Against All Odds, part of the Ringer Podcast Network. Cousin Sal here, along with Master Tate Frazier, the CEO of this podcast. What's happening, Tate? Well, yeah, not too much. Happy to be here. It's uh, the first show in August, so here we are, another month. Rabbit, rabbit. First one in August. We are really steamrolling this uh, this calendar here, Tate. We it was only last week, or was it two weeks ago? Mm-hmm. It was two podcasts ago. We were in uh, the Callaway facility in Carlsbad, right? You joined us. The degenerate trifecta is there. The Ringer put up, out a video of us betting a prop bets on putts and everything. We didn't make a lot of putts, but it was fun, right? Oh, we had a great time. And I will say, I mean, Harry popped up right off first time. He tried to pop up off the Spider-Man pose. So that was very kind to Camilo Vajegas. Very, uh, you know, decade old move, but also very well done by Harry. So that's all we can ask for. (laughs) Yes. Check it out if you can. I don't want to, uh, you know, I don't want to ruin the punchline here, but it ends with Harry shirtless in a sand pit (laughs) counting uh, $10 bills. So um, there's something for everyone in that. But anyway... (laughs) Not only Harry, but my gurus of gambling, my wizards of wagering, my overlords of the odds. I can't even speak. I'm so excited. The degenerate trifecta, Harry, Brother Bry, Darren, the parlay kid, are all on the line. What's happening, fellas? What's going on, Sal? Sally, what's up? What's going on, buddy? Uh, I'm excited to hear from you guys. We're talking. I think we're going to Vegas next week. A couple that's that's going to be finalized soon. But let's let's get to the big news here, Harry. Harry, tell everyone about. We have a, a real life hero on our hands here, Harry. Tell us about your last couple of days on this earth. Yeah, my, well, uh, yeah, my my new nickname is uh, Harry Houdini. I guess uh, saving lives. I uh, I went to Salt Lake City. Uh, this weekend, um, see uh, my girlfriend's uh, family for the first time. Had a wonderful time. Went boating on Sunday. Uh, everything was going well. And then uh, apparently uh, my girl's father, who apparently he owns the boat, but he doesn't really know how to swim. Um, so it really doesn't make a lot of sense if you add it all up. But anyway, he was standing on the side. And he was peeing in the water. Oh, I didn't even know and this. While part. we're out on the lake and nobody's around us, well, you gotta, you know, you gotta go to the bathroom. You gotta go to the bathroom. But right. he slipped. And mind you, he's got glasses on. He's one of those guys. If you don't have, the, if you don't have your glasses, you're blind. So he slips going to the bathroom, bangs his leg, cuts up his leg, and falls into the water and screaming, "I can't swim! I can't swim!" Meanwhile, on the boat is me, my girlfriend, my girlfriend's mother, and their 10-year-old, uh, my girlfriend's 10-year-old nephew. So, nice. so I on him. dive in, and he's, got no, <laughs> and he's got no life jacket on. I have mm-hmm. no life jacket on. He's falling away from the current from the boat, so I go out and grab him. Uh, and I'm, he's got me by one arm. The other arm, I'm trying to reach back into the boat as I'm trying to swim back, but against the current, I can't quite get anywhere. They're throwing life vests out to us. I finally grab a hold of one as I'm going under. No exaggeration, I'm telling you. I'm going under, and I grab it. We hold on, pull him back. I pull him up. He was probably 215. Uh, and I'm pulling him up. He's holding on to that. I swim back to the boat. My girlfriend throws, goes swimming out after him with a life jacket on and a rope. The rope's not long enough, so we can't get the boat started. We finally get the boat started as he's screaming. At, every, at her, at his wife, and uh, and then I'm able to get back in the water, grab, by, grab him by the arm as we get the boat going, and I pull him to shore. So you saved your girlfriend's father's life is what you're trying to tell us. Oh, that's 
not what I'm saying. That is exactly what I'm saying. Wow. Wow, Tate. Yeah. I mean, if he wasn't your hero before, this is really, this adds to it, huh? Yeah, no Houdini, just Harry Hero. That's all it is. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> just, you know, right. I mean, yeah, you know, listen, Tate, it, it's, you know, you've heard of Summer uh, summer of George. It's been the summer of Gagnon, I think, you know? Vegas three <laughs> times, L.A. twice, New York City, Salt Lake City, and I'm saving lives. But also, what it, what's your weight? <laughs> <laughs> He can't save his own life, let's, Tate. No, let's not be ridiculous. Let's just put it this way. It was almost uh, between the two of us in the water as I'm holding on. The, the, <laughs> close to 500 pounds there. Not close. close. If it was 250. <laughs> yeah, okay. All right. Uh, well, well on, uh, congratulations, first of all. There to you go, Harry. To him. This is great. I feel bad. It's. I think it's too late in the summer for anyone to recruit you as a lifeguard, but wow. you are looking for a job. Um, that would be nice. <laughs> if I, let me ask you this. If, if I do get married to her... The mm-hmm. wedding's covered now. I don't have to worry about any money right now, right? The wedding's covered. You got the big endorsement. Right? Did you get the big endorsement from the uh, father too? Um, the future father-in-law, Harry. Like you got yeah, a really big endorsement. Yes, yes, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Someone said he wrote a letter to your your girlfriend and uh, just just praising you, and then she posted it. Uh, this is great. This is really nice news. Now this is uh. But I, I know you said it was an accident while he was urinating in the ocean. But do you think, like, maybe we joked about it, Brother Brian? I we joked. Is it possible he was he took a look at you? You came on the boat. He said, "All right, this is this is what my daughter's settling down with. This guy. He's wearing his uh, Planet Thirteen uh, weed shirt." I was like, "All right, that, that's enough for me. I can't swim. I'm I'm going in. I'm going in. Is it possible?" Hey, he he had already met me twice and loved me, and he does gummies himself. So. Oh, nice. <laughs> Yeah, Tate. Yeah. All right. Gummy right. summer. That wasn't it. Well, what are you going to do? Well, you don't have a job, Harry, but you're saving lives. Maybe maybe you're a superhero. Like uh, Spider-Man didn't have a job. He just went around saving lives. Maybe that's what you should do, right? Right. All right. Badass. Well, you're not betting a lot and it's as a result of not having a job, which is sad. That has to change. It's not good for the economy, to be honest with you. Forget about just individually. But um, there is a lot going on. We are 30 days away from kickoff. I believe that's September 5th. This is August 6th. We're right there. Uh, hard knock stop starts up. I'm going to talk to Brother Bry about that in a second, but let's go to the diamond for a minute. Not a ton of you betting baseball, I understand. My Mets on fire right now. Despite Pete Alonzo's slump, I think he's like 14 for 80. Um, it's nice. It's nice. We're one above 500, like 17 and 5 in the last 22. I got to see them in San Francisco. They lost in a walk-off, and I think they've lost like one or two games since that two weeks ago. Uh, but it's cool. The kids have something to watch from 4 p.m. to 7 p.m. every night. Kind of exciting. Uh, 10 of the next 13 are against the Nats, the Braves, and the Tribe. They're 30 and 20 at home. Uh, for you gamblers, the over for the Mets games are 57, 45, and 11. For the two be- the best team, I mentioned the Giants, plus 1265 if- units if you're betting them $100 a day. The Nats are the worst team in the National League, minus 814 in the American League, the Tigers minus 2987 units and Marley Kid, yours and Brother Bride Yankees plus 1585. Is this the best Yankee team in the last five years? It's very exciting. Well, it's really hard to say, uh, Sal. I mean, they've uh, no team has ever overcome injuries like this. Uh, I, I don't think. Um, I think that what they're doing is kind of unprecedented with the with the amount of games that what would be their normal starting lineup has uh, has missed. And for them to be having the success they're having, 
It's probably unprecedented in baseball right now. You know, um, so it, it's hard to say. I mean, uh, they're an exciting team because you're getting it from, you know, numbers one through nine in the order. Uh, guys like Urshela, his uh, kid Ford last night, guys coming out of nowhere who were coming up with big hits. And uh, it's been a fun season, Sal. But you know how it is for the Yankees, Sal. Don't mean a thing if you don't win the ring, right? So. Yep. Um, that's how it is. And your Mets are a cute little story right now. So <laughs> very cute. I'm not getting excited. I, like I told you, the, 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 the tough teams are coming up in the next two weeks. So this could be a whole different story. Third week in August. And yeah, we're only a game over 500, but your Yankees, you know what I will say about the Yankees. They look terrible against the Red Sox two weeks ago. And it came, it butted up yeah. right against the trade deadline and you didn't panic. You didn't go out there and spend the fortune for the, or maybe it just didn't work out. Maybe you made offers and nobody wants to trade with you because it's such a scummy franchise. Yeah. But whatever it was, you didn't panic. And now all of a sudden you played a Red Sox team. You won all four. I think well, three of them went under, right? Only uh, brother Brian and I yeah. had the only one that went over Sunday night. Your Yankees over on the road, aside from being 73 and 39, 37-12-2. So if you want to play something with the Yankees, it's the over on the road. I know we always... Look for that, but it would, is this a team you continue to bet on? Yeah, why not? I, I think it is. Um, why not keep riding them? Uh, I think as you as this summer will go along too. So, you know, some of these other teams will start to really fade, and the good teams will uh, they'll keep winning. I think uh, they're gonna they're gonna approach. Um, you know, they're gonna they're gonna win over a hundred games. So why not keep rolling with the Yankees? Good team. Right. Their well, starting pitching isn't great. Not great, but. Uh, they didn't make any moves. They believe in these guys. They got unbelievable chemistry in the clubhouse. Uh, keep riding them. And, you know, hopefully, you know, I think that little blip there with those Red Sox games, Sal, mm-hmm. some people seem to think that the Red Sox will uh, continue to steal signs over there in Fenway. Oh, where wow. they go. Yeah, I think there's some, there's some, yeah, you hear a little rumbling to that. So, you know, what? we may have to send uh, Hero Harry over there to save lives and set, <laughs> set, set the game straight, save baseball, maybe. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I, yeah, I think uh, the Yankees are good. I, I think you want to avoid the Astros. They got all the arms now, and the American, American League is so loaded. But obviously, that's the team you want to avoid in the playoffs because there's not, not an easy out in the lineup, and now they have uh, the hurlers to start. But let's talk football. Let's get to it, uh, brother Bry. Hard knocks tonight. Are you excited? I, this is the. I, I bet you're feeling different things. Like your team could be exposed. You could see some things like, oh, I like that guy. Why is he such a jackass? It's a weird thing when your team is featured on Hard Knocks. Oh, I'm so excited for it. I mean, again, my expectations for the Raiders are pretty low this year. Anyway, just especially yeah. because their schedule is so tough. I mean, again, they they basically they, they go from the middle of September till the beginning of November without a home game. So. Uh, super excited about it, regardless of what happens in the season. I'm just, I'm curious as like who's going to say something confrontational right away. If it's going to be Antonio Brown, if it's going to be perfect. Who knows what's going to happen? I mean, I think I, Twitter is going to be going crazy for hard knocks this year. I think, I mean, Cleveland was big, but this is going to be so big. I feel like, um, so I, I'm, I'm really on uh, pins and needles here. I can't wait till 10 o'clock tonight. Um, but uh, like I said, I mean, it just it just means football is here, regardless of everything. It's like football is here. Um, I just can't wait. I mean, Gruden's going to be crazy on this thing. It's just going to be uh, just good times overall. It is going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, like you said, that they have 48 days between 
home games week two and week nine there's there's a lot of weird stuff going on there wait they're, they're in mexico where do they go to london what something screws that yeah, up yeah they're in london yeah they're in london and then yeah they're london, yeah, two road games london and a bye week two two road That's games rough. against good teams too so it's again if uh if Carr's not on his a game like he was a few years ago i mean this team is gonna we're, we're gonna struggle but uh yeah. th- this will be fun regardless i mean gruden's gonna make this good Listen, we already got a taste of the NFL, and I bet the the Hall of Fame game last week. I took the Falcons plus two and a half points. Uh, I was winning. Nice. Uh, the Broncos had like seven drives in a row. They did nothing. I took the points, and then uh, Mark Rippon's nephew or something throws. Basically, it just lofts one up from the 20-yard line, a, a jump ball. It was tipped by the Falcon D-back. The Bronco catches it with like 20 seconds left. I lose on that. Brian, should we bet on preseason? What would the, this is a, a special kind of 1-800 number you should call, right? If you're betting on uh, preseason. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I bet on everything, and even I rarely bet on preseason. Like, if you're in Vegas or you're so bored you have nothing to do and it's like a Saturday night or something, go ahead and bet this. But there's no trends. There's no stats to back this up. You don't know who's going to be playing, who's going to be coming out. So, again, and let, if this, this really just shows you if you have a gambling problem. More so, I think... You know, again, I gamble on a lot of different weird sports, but I feel like I have advantages in those sports, whereas this is just, you might as well flip a coin. Whenever you see, like, big lines, minus 200 for a team in the preseason, why why would you ever play that? I mean, who knows what you're going to get out of that game. Right. So you definitely and then have you a take the underdog and you get rolled. Yeah, I, I know. It's right, a right. mess. Well, I, I was just really looking to confirm that I have a gambling problem, and I do. But um, by the way, if you have a gambling problem and you want to submit an entry to be part of the Degenerate Gamblers Hall of Fame, we built this thing in Pahrump. Send us an email at CousinSalAgainstAllOdds at gmail.com. That's CousinSalAgainstAllOdds at gmail.com. Or if you just have any sports gambling questions or concerns like this one from Taylor Madge. Uh, Taylor says, with the football season around the corner, I want to be the first one to throw out my favorite futures bet, Bill O'Brien to be the first coach fired. Note, if this gets read on a pod, feel free to paraphrase. Don't don't worry, I will tell. Uh, on one side, he's listed at 12 to 1, behind only Jay Gruden, Shermer, and Patricia, and the schedule's brutal. At New Orleans, versus Jacksonville, at, at Chargers, Carolina, Atlanta, at KC, at Indy, Oakland, Jacksonville, and London, Week 10 by. As someone who's higher on Jacksonville and Atlanta this year, I think there's a real chance the Texans could be looking at 2 and 7, after the second Jags game, sets up perfectly, firing the coach on the flight home from London scenario. O'Brien's an offensive coach whose scheme basically relies on Deshaun Watson to be Superman. Don't forget, he had a collapsed lung last season. Thanks, can't wait for football. Taylor May, Long Island, New York. Or Taylor Mod. it's a Taylor Modge in the email. That's Taylor May, Long Island. Taylor, let us know in Long Island uh, where you're from, because uh, Parley Kid and I, we like to uh, figure out who we wrestled from whatever... Um, uh, city you're from. But anyway, uh, I, I don't see it. I don't know. I don't think it's O'Brien. I think guys like O'Brien and um, Anthony Lynn, they weathered the storm. Uh, O'Brien, I think he's won the division three of the last four years. That team's going to be good. They're going to be in contention. They're going to be like nine and seven-ish. I don't see it. I know that is a brutal schedule, but the Colts have a bad one too, and I think they're the cream of the crop of that division. So I would say, I would say he stays. I like Gruden. I think we're talking about the wrong Gruden here. It's not it's not John. It's Jay. Three to one odds that he gets canned first. Last year I bet Cutter, Dirk Cutter, and Hugh Jackson. One was plus three fifty, one was plus four hundred. I knew one of them was going. 
and it was Hugh. But uh, Gruden starts at Philly, Dallas, Chicago, three and nine division the last two years. I know the Alex Smith injury hurt him. I had them over seven wins. It was six and four, and then they they fell apart. I think he could be the first to go. Parley kid, what are you saying? Who's the first coach to go? Yes, now this could be a this is a difficult one. I think this year. I'm not sure if there's a a real favorite. I know Gruden's odds are uh, are up there, but I think Gruden's going to survive a little bit. I think. Uh, I think he's a good quarterback coach, and um, they got they got a little bit of a mess up there. I think they need him for Haskins, so I, I think he's going to stay around. Looking at Doug Marone, Sal, on the Jags at fifteen to one, uh, there was speculation last year, right, at some point that he might not last the season. Uh, I felt like the team kind of quit on him last year at some point, which is never uh, a good sign for any coach. Uh, his career record there in Jacksonville's eighteen and nineteen, and you know, we're talking about he did have a really good year two years ago, and we're actually close. It's hard to believe that they were close to making a Super Bowl appearance. Uh, yeah. But you got the Colts and Texans, who I think are better than them in, in their conference. Uh, and I don't really think, boy, I think Foles was real good for the Eagles, Sal, but he hasn't really been able to carve out a future anywhere else. And I think people might be overestimating his ability to win games down there in Jacksonville. Uh, and if you look at the Jacksonville start to their season, uh, they could conceivably get off to a one and five start, which would spell, uh, which I think would do it for Murrah. I think he'd be gone. Uh, they're home yeah. versus the Chiefs, at Texans, home versus the Titans. That could be their win. At Broncos, at Panthers, home versus Saints. It doesn't seem that doesn't seem like oh that's like a terrible six game stretch right there. But it's conceivable that they're only going to be a favorite, maybe in one of those games. They actually might be an underdog in all six. So um, if they get up to like a two and four, one and five start, I think uh, Marone there in Jacksonville will be the first coach at fifteen to one. That's a pretty good value too. Yeah, that's not bad. And yeah, what went down last year was a disaster for him. And he's like a strong-willed head coach, and Tom Coughlin's strong-willed. Yep. So you got that. Yep. They could always butt heads. They could, they could be one fight away. There were locker room problems. I don't know what happened with Leonard Fournette throwing helmets, whatever he was doing. He played himself out of the – with injuries and everything else. He wasn't a factor. Um, Telvin Smith walked off, the linebacker. He walks – I think he's coming back next year. Maybe he isn't. I don't know what's going on with this team. They have winnable games. They have Cincy, the Jets, Carolina, Tampa, and Oakland. I feel like they have to win four of those to be in contention for the uh, right. Doug Marone is getting fired talk to die down but 15 to 1 is not bad odds for uh doug marone harry how do you see you like someone else at 15 to 1 yeah at 15 to 1 i like mike zimmer of the minnesota Vikings. um but the vikings are coming off a disappointing season last year going eight seven and one um a couple of their really bad losses last year that really stood out uh you know when they lost to buffalo at home they were a 17 point favorite they lost that game by oh. 21 and Incidentally, pissed off everybody in the country from their as they were eliminated from their elimination pools. But also, at the end of the season, it really stunk bad in Week 17 when they lost to Chicago at home. Knowing a win would have put them in the playoffs, and Chicago had nothing to play for. Really terrible ending to the season for the Vikings. Uh, this year, they've got tough road games out of their division. They're at Seattle, at Dallas, at the Chargers, and at KC. Minnesota and Zimmer were... Uh, one in six versus playoff teams last year. Their offensive uh, coordinator carousel has been quite embarrassing as well. And even though her cousin's uh, stats were actually pretty good, he can't win big games. 
for what seems like forever, and either can the Vikings. Uh, they hired Zimmer and Cousins to get things done and get to the Super Bowl, and this team was too good to be 8-7-1 and one last year. And, and on paper, this team should, Sal, uh, contend for the NFC, but another bad season could be the end of Zimmer's uh, tenure, especially if Minnesota stumbles right out of the gate. Yeah, I, I don't know. I go back and forth with Zimmer. Parley Kidd and I liked him with Dallas. I think this is his sixth year or sixth year, this seventh year, a six under his belt. This is going to be know. a six. This is going to be a six. This is going to be a six. Sixth year. I don't know if we thought he would go to the Super Bowl. You look at that 8-7-1 last year. You're right. That Bills game is ridiculous. And they got killed by the Bills. Um, it's in Minnesota, right? That was a, that was a, it was, that was a home it, game It was in Minnesota. Minnesota and, uh, yeah, and, and Allen ran all over them uh, and – you know, that's really bad when you – that was the worst game anyone lost anyone last year by that. Yeah. Fred, right? That was <laughs> bad. Now, they're a little stuck with Cousins. If he's not the quarterback that steps up that they need him to be, they gave him $84 million for three years. That's rough. They have a new offensive coordinator, Stefanski. Uh, he moved up. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I just – I had thought, you know, the, the Stefan Diggs catch a couple of years ago, you, the, the, kind of close to being in the Super Bowl once or twice – Maybe should have been but nine also, six and yeah. one last year, but just a, just a messy situation. I kind of think you're right. This would be maybe one more year for Zimmer uh, if he doesn't get it done. Now, brother Bry, you have a controversial one. Uh, who do you like to be <laughs> can first? Uh, yeah, I was looking at Riverboat Ron at uh, 21. Although I'm pretty sure I took him two years ago too. <laughs> sorry, sorry, Tate. But um, look, when I look at the first coach fired, when I was I went. You know, we go through every team. I feel like in the AFC, it's really only O'Brien, maybe Marone, like Darren had. After that, I don't see anybody else in the AFC, at least this year. And then in the NFC, I can't believe nobody's took, nobody's taken Garrett. Um, I can't believe it. Um, I think we're just beating you know, Darren right now. Yeah. I know. But even at 12-1 to 1 odds, that's still pretty good. If they, they, you know, if they slip up somewhere, even if they slip up early to the Giants, you know, that's Right away, he's going on the hot seat again. So I feel like Garrett Gruden, maybe Zimmer, uh, Rivera, and Quinn. I feel like those are the t- those are the six, seven guys uh, that could be on the hot seat early. Um, I- I'm just looking at Rivera from. I think there's going to be a lot of pressure with the owner David Tepper who's in his second year. I might have a lot less patience. I mean, they underachieved last year at seven and nine. They usually zigzag, so they've kind of had good, bad, good, bad. But if they they get off to a bad start here. I mean, they should go at least two and two in their first four. But you know, if they lose to at Arizona or Tampa early on, if they start if they start one and three, even two and two is not great because the second half of that the season is is tough. Um, I know Cam was hurt for a lot of the year, but you had Ke- uh, Keekley was healthy pretty much the whole year. Um, if this goes south, or you know, if they're another if they're approaching a six and ten season i could see midway through the year you know them just pulling pulling the trigger on ron i mean we had thought about him like i said a few years ago at different times of him potentially getting fired so i think if he has a second bad year in a row uh, again with this new owner uh, at 20 to 1 odds i really like it well i want to ask tate about the relationship with the new owner but yeah, yeah you're right if they're they have a tough road that tough finish if they're six and six they end with at atlanta home for seattle at indy and home for New Orleans. Those are all teams that should be vying for a playoff spot right there. Tate, what do you say? Riverboat Ron, this is his ninth year. Is it time to let him go? It seems like he's a staple in Charlotte. Everyone likes him in Charlotte, so that makes me think that he has more time than maybe it leads on uh, or what it looks like from the outset. So 
I would think Riverboat Ron will be fine, but you never know. If they start out, like Brother Bryce says, maybe there's a chance they get rid of him. One of the guys that kind of pops out to me is a guy that kind of under the radar they may get rid of just because, you know, he had the one year they go to the playoff with Tyrod. Sean McDermott with the Bills, I think he's actually done a really good job, but Mm. there's a chance that maybe Buffalo decides to go in a different direction because, you know, the the situation with the quarterback hasn't quite worked out, and obviously, you know, there was a down year last year. They were 6-10 and after making the playoffs, so maybe McDermott's a guy that, could be a sneaky choice or, or maybe even like a Kyle Shanahan if you know Garoppolo comes back and they're not doing as well. So those are the two guys. I think they're both like 35 to 1. So those are kind of dark horses that kind of pop out to me in the back end of this. Yeah, no, it's true. I, the Parley kid pointed out, I think it's more difficult this year than other years. Like last year, like I said, Dirk Cutter, Hugh Jackson, they weren't going to last. It was a matter of like who was probably going to go first. Yep. And they both went, but you went in the middle of the year. Um, Parley kid, I think, you know, as a Cowboys fan, with this Jason Garrett thing, we always think it's going to yeah. happen. It should happen. It doesn't happen. I have a feeling if it does ever happen, it's going to be like in the middle of the night. We won't know it. It won't be during the year. They'll make It will be such a no, not a big deal at all. Like they'll probably give him part ownership of the team. They'll end up uh, succeeding <laughs> yeah, right, right. in this somehow. But yeah. I don't know. But what do you think about Jason Garrett? Is this this year more than any? Is no, he on the hot seat? I, I don't know. I don't, don't you think like the Cowboys just always seem to do enough just to keep him around, like sure. they'll win their nine, you know, eight, nine, ten games, right? They, I do think they're talented enough to win that, that many games, and mm-hmm. uh, you know they'll they'll say, "Well, look, I mean, he's won the most uh, games over the last five years as any coach in the NFL, except for a couple of these guys." Right. And you know they'll make it. You know, and he gets along with Jones, obviously, I guess, and um, even though we know. Uh, he's just really not a very dynamic coach, you know, which, uh, which the best teams really uh, do have these days. And he's just, just not. Uh, we, he's been there long enough to know uh, that he just doesn't seem that uh, he's ever going to get the job done, but it just seems like he's going to be there forever. I've given up, like, saying he's going to be gone. I just don't – I think he makes it through a year. I, think, I, I don't think Jones would fire him during, uh, during the season. I just don't. Yeah, it's just a joke at this point. Uh, let's go to teams to make the playoff. This used to be like a little uh, nugget you had to really search for, but now all the books have this. You can bet uh, all over Vegas, all online, um, which teams are going to make the playoffs. I'm trying to look at the biggest um, extremes here. Arizona to not make the playoffs is minus 1,300. To make it is 7-1. to one. I'm trying to think of the big numbers here. Uh, Dolphins minus 1,800 right now. Which one, the Colts? Dolphins. No. Dolphins to not make it is like 1,800, minus 1,800. Oh, not. Oh, yeah, let me see. I don't know. No, I didn't see. I just I just looked through. I didn't see it. Like the Redskins to not make it is minus 650. Um, anyway, we'll get into these. The Raiders to make it is plus 475. I'm not seeing any other double digits. Dolphins minus 1,800, yeah, to not make it. Um, and then the take back is plus 850. All right, Harry, let's start with you. You're going with a long shot of a team to make the playoffs. Yeah, I'll give a shot here to the Bills to make the playoffs at plus 350. Uh, head coach uh, Sean McDermott, as uh, Tate just mentioned, um, has a, he's had a tremendous defense uh, last year and in, leading into this year. Uh, they were second last year in total yards against, and they were actually the number one team in the NFL in passing yards against, only 179 yards against them. They returned 10 starters, including secondary studs, uh, Micah Hyde and uh, pro bowler Jordan uh, Poyer. Uh, they drafted... At Oliver in the first round to free up the middle for the Bills. Uh, top pass rushers, uh, Jerry Hughes and 
Lorenzo Alexander, those guys combined for 13 and a half sacks last year. Offensively, Josh Allen definitely took his bumps, uh, but will be better. And Buffalo has to be better in the running game, especially if they're going to contend for a shot at, at maybe eight and eight, nine and seven for a playoff spot. Because um, Allen led them in rushing last year with 600 yards, and he had eight touchdowns. Uh, they added wide receiver John Brown from Baltimore. He had five touchdowns last year, and Jay Jones for the Bills uh, led them in receiving. And uh, he should improve and establish a, build, uh, a building rapport with Allen. So I like the Bills in that situation. And also, schedule-wise, the schedule makers did them a favor. They play in New York against the Jets and then the Giants in week one and two. And then all the way up until week nine, they don't leave New Jersey, New York for the whole season until one time they do in nine weeks. So I got them at like eight, nine wins. Like I said, Jets two, Miami two. I said September 29th, I'm calling right now. They're, called, they're beating New England at home. Cincinnati, Washington, Denver, they got winnable games. So eight, eight, nine, and seven. Bills at plus 350, I think is, is worth a shot. I think they have all – I'm not going to go too crazy against you here. You know why? Because I think it's a bad pick. But the Bills are the team that screws me the most out of any. Like two years ago when they went on that playoff run, I, had, I bet against them the whole time. I had them in the beginning either to not make the playoffs. I still don't know how they did it. And then last year I had that game that Harry talked about when they went to Minnesota and won. But you can praise the defense. This, this offense was 30th ranked. They don't have to get better. They had less than 300 yards per game production. Um, I did find it interesting. All their Super Bowl rematches will be played, plus the Music City Miracle Game will be played um, uh, by the Bills. They'll play uh, they play the Giants, uh, obviously because it's all they play the NFC East. So Giants, Redskins, and Cowboys. And like I said, they play Tennessee. I don't know, but Harry, just what I'm trying to get through your thought thought process. You don't think they're winning the division, right? No, not winning the division. Okay, so if they're not winning the division... I don't think Baltimore's going to be as good as people. People are, people are all over Cleveland and Baltimore. I don't know. All right, so one wild card comes from the AFC West, and the other comes from the... None from the AFC South and none from the North, you're saying. Right? Take a shot at plus 350. I'm just trying to figure out who's not making it. There's well, like seven see, teams that are better than the Bills. That should make it. Ask, ask your ex-roommate in college. He's a Bills fan. Oh, I Ravens. <laughs> <laughs> Steelers, Browns, two of those don't make it. Um, you're saying probably. Steelers are going to stink too. Colts, Texans. All right, I'm not going to go through it. All right, Bills plus 350 yeah. to make the playoffs. That's Harry's pick. Brother Bry, you have an interesting one too. Going against the grain here. Yeah, so look, every year you have, what, it's five or six new playoff teams, right, out of the 12? Usually. I mean, that's just I the way it so. works I think so. I think there was one year where it kind of it, it was a mirror image pretty much, but yeah. Yeah, I think uh, one year or two, a few years ago, there was like seven new playoff teams. But the one that I was looking at, it caught my eye just for odds purposes, is I like the Chargers to not make the playoffs at plus 170. Look, everyone loves the Chargers. I would never lay minus 210 for them to make the playoffs. They've only made the playoffs twice in the last nine years. You know this team always has a million injuries. Who knows if a is going to play? So their tackles, their line could be really bad. Who knows? Uh, who knows if Gordon will play or they'll trade him, what they're going to do. It, it, when you look back at the other years, their bad years, the Chargers, I mean, how many games did they blow late in the game, right? But last year was the first time where they won all of these close games. Uh, you think that comes a little bit back down to earth. Their schedule was easy last year. I think it's 
top 10 most difficult this year. So I'm thinking they regress. They maybe get to nine and seven, but I think a playoff spot's going to be 10 and six. So at plus 170, I, I mean, we all have, we probably all have the Chiefs winning that division. So I think it's going to, you know, you're going to have to get to 10 and six for a wild card spot. So at plus 170, I just like those odds. Again, I, I, I don't think you can ever trust the Chargers, especially after making the playoffs one year. I, I, I wouldn't say this great stuff is going to happen for them again. I would say probably the opposite. So plus 170, I like it. Well, you're you're in good shape because Harry knows the Bills are going to make it, and so there's only one other spot left. Well, that helps. That helps. You know what's weird, though? I think people look at the Chiefs and Chargers on two different levels. Like, the Chiefs are difficult. First of all, they split in the regular season. Uh, I think they could have won that game that they lost to the Chiefs. And then the game they won, we were on our way, Brother Bride, to the Bringer Party. Remember that? And and they went for the two-point conversion. That's why I kind of think, like, Anthony Lynn – had turned the corner. They kind of have a kicker. All the bullshit that that uh, weighed them down in years past. Four of their last five first-round picks have made the Pro Bowl. It's just a weird new team. Everybody wants them to win, so maybe maybe they won't. Um, I think that's that's a good way to look at it. Uh, so, but to not make the playoffs plus one seventy is interesting. Well, I will say they have an easy schedule. The first five, three of the first five. Yeah, the first Lions, five. Is, the first five is easy. But again, you you also have to look at it. They pretty much never have a home game. I mean, it 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 might come down to that first game. They're home against the the Colts. I mean, it really could come down to that. I mean, I'm figuring the first three they probably could start off two and one. But if they're one and two, if they lose to the Colts in Houston, then then they could be in trouble. But later on in the season. The schedule gets more difficult. And so Mexico the City against the Kansas City. That'll be that'll be a fun yep. one. All right. Uh, yep. Parlay Kid, you, like uh, Harry, are looking towards the AFC East, but not, you're yeah. not taking the Bills, are you? No, yeah. And this is, you know, this is uh, interesting. You kind of, uh, I kind of agree with Harry in a certain respect with I'm going to be taking it AFC East team. Uh, and I do agree with Brother Bry there with the Chargers. I kind of liked uh, that, too, I think. Um, I think there's, I think there's going to be some new blood in the AFC this year. I think it's about time. I'm, I, I know we were just talking about like every year a couple of different teams make it. Uh, I just think in the AFC, we, you know, you have your usual teams. It just seems like, uh, you know, um, but maybe I think maybe it's not going to be the Ravens year, the Steelers year, or the Chargers year. Uh, we know the Patriots are going to be right in it in that AFC. But so like Harry, I'm taking an AFC East team. The Jets at plus two eighty to make the playoffs. I really do believe the Jets are like a 10-win team this year. I know Harry last year was all over Darnold all season long, yeah. right, guys? He, he hates Darnold. He hates him. He hates this, him. Pick is, this pick is gross, too. They, 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 are, they are singing his praises here. Adam Gase is in love with this kid. Uh, Darnold, I love a turnover machine. I love a turnover machine. Well, okay. Harry, last four games, he only threw one interception, Harry. I know you might throw the fumbles uh, in there, et cetera. That Texas as game, well, the second but, team was playing the whole game when they beat when the Texans beat the Jets. Okay, okay. But listen, this, well, this like, kid's on the Harry actually told there. me if he, was, if he was drowning in the Great Salt Lake, Sam Darnold, Harry wouldn't <laughs> urinate on him. He would just let him go. That's how much he hates this guy. I understand. Oh, man. Jeez. And I didn't know I didn't know that lakes had such rip currents either. I, I, I find that weird too. But um, uh, <laughs> that's kind of an interesting story. It, yeah, that we should very interesting. It, it was the MV, the MVP of that whole thing was Harry's life jacket. I, how that thing did not come undone. You got to. I'll send the. I'll put the picture out. The buckle is hanging on for dear life. Yeah, uh, put that picture uh, around Harry's waist. 
I, I, I will. I, def- I definitely will. <laughs> <laughs> but but I, I love how Harry will go after Donald. But Donald's better than Allen. He's better than Allen. I like Allen. I think he's an up-and-comer, too. Donald's better than Allen, and he's got more talent around him than Allen. He certainly does. Yeah. I think this tight end getting suspended for four games might, might hurt a little bit. Uh, but Le- Le'Veon Bell is going to take a lot of pressure off Donald this year, running the ball, catching the ball. Jamison Crowder was a quietly good addition. Adam Gase is known to love slot receivers, and Crowder's a good one. The Jets' D has always been pretty solid. I love safety Jamal Adams is one of my favorite players in the NFL. The guy walks the walk. Uh, he talks the talk, and he walks the walk. I love him. He's a great leader. I wish the Cowboys had somebody like that. Uh, I think they well, – actually, I shouldn't say that. The Cowboys are acquiring defensive players like this, too. But Adams, I love him. Quinton Williams, a great draft pick. C.J. Mosley, great free agent addition. Uh, and listen to this. There's a seven-game stretch here that the Jets have from game 7 to 13. Okay, Jags, Dolphins, Giants, Redskins, Raiders, Bengals, Dolphins. They might win yeah. six out of those seven games, if not all seven, if they're really rolling. And they open up the season at home versus the Bills, at home versus the Browns. Uh, they win those first two. That, that place, there's going to be a lot of excitement going around, and then they're going to win those games. I think they win 10 games at plus 280. I think they're making I like the playoffs. It. I, that's a good. That's a good pick. I think. Uh, look on paper, it should work out. You, you got <laughs> one of the best running backs of all time on a team. He's got fresh legs from last year. Like you said, I like their schedule. Their extra games are at Jacksonville and Oakland. You said they have Cincinnati and Washington there. They should be in it. Don't count on them winning the division, though. That shouldn't matter. But they have not won at Gillette right. Stadium in eleven years, and that's amazing. That really is crazy. This is football. This is not. You know. Come on, this is not a right. this is not high school football where a team dominates just through the years and decades right. and decades. You should be able to win once every ten years. But all right, Parley Kid plus two eighty for the Jets. Tate, did anyone stand out to you? Anyone who should make it? Think maybe is going to come up short. I would just say for uh, Brother Bryce Charger bet, I do think the Chargers are a really good team, but with the whole Melvin Gordon situation with him demanding a trade and holding out, and he's such a pivotal part of that offense, I mean, that plays a role. So I kind of like Brother Bryce's uh, take on the fact that the Chargers will not make the playoffs, or at least the, uh, the the upside of the fact that they will not make the playoffs just due to the division and due to the fact that the AFC is kind of uh, strong-armed at a certain level with so many good teams. So I like the idea of the Chargers not making the playoffs despite them being, as we all know, a really good team. All right, let's get to the divisions. We got so many. First of all, we could go over these for hours and hours and hours. There's player props, right, Brian? There's so many player props. There's over-under in yards and everything, over-under in touchdowns for everybody. But we're focusing on teams right now. We'll get into players. Uh, We did it a little last week. We'll do it again in two weeks after our college breakdown. But, uh, Brother Brian, tell us about uh, a long shot to win the division. Yeah, so when I look around Division on, there's not a ton of value plays that I like. Even though you might look at teams and you might say, oh, the Falcons, you know, are almost 4-1, to one, or you might say the Texans are almost 4-1, to one, which you think that would be good, but then you look at their schedules, especially early on, and those are really tough. So that's why when I'm looking for value, I look, I look at the Ravens at plus 400. You know I don't like the Browns, and if you look at the Browns' schedule, they could easily be three and four, two and five to start off that season. I think I so. if you look at, if you look, I know, I know, but if you look at the three schedules between the Ravens, Steelers, and Browns, I think the Ravens, at least the first six, seven weeks, 
have the easiest schedule. Uh, that doesn't really mean anything necessarily for the division, but I kind of like taking the upside here early. You could always kind of hedge it in the middle of the season if the Ravens come back to, you know, uh, like a plus 150 or something like that. But um, I don't know. When you, Lamar last year was 6-1 and one as a starter. They added a bunch of playmakers. I mean, I know defensively they lost some guys, but they always seem to fill those holes, you know, adding Earl Thomas to the team. Um, so to me, I mean, I know a lot of people don't necessarily love Lamar, but I think he still is a winning type of player. So at 4-1, to one, again, when I just look around for value, the Ravens at four to one jump out of me more so than anybody else, uh, because when you get to that four to one level, it's usually like you usually get bad, some bad teams in there, with the exception of like I was saying the Texans, the Falcons. Uh, so four to yeah, one. Yeah, I think it's uh, because the division's overrated a little bit. Yeah, you're right. A four yeah. to one team is usually projected to win like seven games or something. So it's not. It shouldn't be right. That, that that there's a little bit of a disparity, and they're helping him out. I, I don't love Lamar Jackson. I don't think he's ready this year. He's a 57, 58% complete right, pass, uh, a passer. They helped him out. They drafted two receivers, Marquise Brown, Miles Boykin. Um, they lost the other Brown. They lost Crabtree, but um, they lost John Brown. Uh, perfect balanced schedule, home away uh, every week. That's the only team in the NFL, home away all the way through weeks one through 17. And like you said, Brian, they play one playoff team in the first six. It's better odds than what I think for best division team. That's the Steelers. A plus 150. I'm going to take everyone except the Browns because they're just driving me crazy here. Paulie Kid, I know a Baker's driving you nuts too with the, the smashing beers on the head. Like they haven't done anything, this team, this Browns team. They have not. It was a year ago where they opened the fridge for their first win. And now they make they signed some players <laughs> right. that haven't that haven't played together. And like anything short of a, a Super Bowl win would be a, a huge letdown, I think, for Cleveland. I don't understand what's going on here. But the Steelers have a chip on their shoulder. Uh, you know, I, like I said, I don't believe so much in Jackson for the for the uh, Ravens. Um, Juju Smith-Schuster's an elite receiver, and I just, you know, Tomlin has never had a losing record with this team. I'm pretty sure. I read that right? Yeah, never losing record for Tomlin. So I think I, I like Moncrief more than some other people do. I think that offense will be good, and they're going to win the division. But plus 150, maybe not as good odds as the Ravens. Plus four hundred. Um, Harry, what you're gonna you, you just this is this is Harry's joke of the day. Ready for Harry's joke of the day? Yeah, we, he's, he saves lives, but he's also a comedian. Tell everybody who you want. Look, I'm, I'm actually gonna take the Giants at eighteen to one to win the division, and I don't. Not love actually. It. I don't gonna really take, you're like actually it. gonna just say it, but you're not gonna actually. Take I'm gonna it. say it right. I'm gonna say it because look, all four teams have many question marks heading into the season. I mean, Washington has quarterback problems and issues. Wentz. Philly has a ton of pressure on him. And Parlay uh, Kid and Sal, this, de- uh, this deal with Zeke is getting real. I like it. I mean, Jerry's out there saying Zeke, Dak, Cooper, they could be gone any day, you know? Uh, so who knows what's going on uh, in Dallas. And like I said, Giants at 18-1 to 1 for division is straight-up value. So like 4-1 to 1 to make the playoffs, but division, up in the air. I mean, everybody ripped them last year and said how terrible they were, uh, and they really weren't as bad as they as people in the media made them out to be. They lost five games, excuse me, they lost eight games last year by seven points or less. They lost five games by three points or less. That's a loser team. Crazy stuff happens. They could have had nine wins. That game cut at the end of the season could have met a playoff game against Dallas. 
they lost that one 36-35 or whatever. Eli still had 10 more touchdowns and picks, and everyone wants to rip him too. And I know they've had right, an issue right, this offseason right now. Before you get huh. crazy, everybody, so the last half hour we've, we've all picked teams and we've talked about what they did in the offseason. What do you like about the Giants offseason? What, what, what do you like about them that anyone should put they did, they, on? I know I, I'm, I was just going to get to Golden Tate being suspended for four games really does suck. But right. once he's back... Good. He could be huge with Sterling Sharp, who, as long as his thumb is okay, Sterling one Sharp. tandem, and then you got, of course, Barkley in the backfield. They That's why he points. thinks they're going to win. Sterling Sharp <laughs> might lead them to promise. Sterling Sharp's been out of the years for the league for years. Oh. <laughs> Sterling Shepard. <laughs> Sterling Shepard, Shermer, get it together. But, well, Giants will get it together, 18-1. to 1. Although, can, Shepherd's I, can I just say, though, I, the only thing I'll say for Harry is if you look at the first – Eight games or even nine, ten games. I mean, they have winnable games. The so schedule is, not, is so the schedule, I mean, they have tons the schedule of easy is easy if they come out winning some close games. But Harry, you have to think Listen, they you have the to are going to win the, that first game then against the Cowboys for them to have a shot. Could happen. Yeah, eight wins okay. in two years. Eight wins but, in two years. Yeah, let's be, let's be on the. Yeah, let's be on the record of Harry saying the Giants are winning the division. Let's just be on the record of saying they get Tampa, they get Detroit, they get the AFC East. Well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you, if they have a bad record, like a real bad record again, that's really, really bad with the schedule. Yeah, Yeah. for sure. All right, well, partly, kid, I'm going to defend our team real quick. Harry said, you know, Zeke might be out, whatever. By the way, their odds on Zeke. I think it's like minus 250 that he will play game one, and I still think he will. I think Jerry Jones gets it done. And here's why. Here's the other thing. When Emmett Smith held out, it kind of worked because I think they were like two and five or something Or when he came back. Cowboys have the mm. Dolphins. You're, you're terrible Giants, Harry. And they have like the Dolphins and Redskins. I think they're going to be like three and oh or two and one. I don't think this holdout's right. going to work, right, Parlay Kid? It's like, it's like a kind of a different story for them. Yeah, I, I think uh, I agree with that, Sal. I think uh, this kind of is shades of Emmett Smith. And, uh, you know, when it comes to this stuff, too, I know, boy, I mean, you'd say, who the heck is going to run the ball for the Cowboys? Um, I'm uh, personally speaking, uh, I, you know, I'm not a huge uh, Elliott fan. I'm really not. So Harry can sit there and sling all these things at, 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 at yeah. Elliott at all he wants. I'm, I'm not a huge fan. I You know, if you told me we could pick up uh, – you know, Melvin Gordon, put him in the backfield and let let uh, him go. It's not going to happen, but um, yeah. uh, listen, the guy is an excellent player. He's probably got another three solid years left, good years left. Let's get him signed. Let's give this team, a, a, you know, a shot to, to win because I do think the division is rather weak this year. I know the Eagles are the favorite. I think the Cowboys are right there, but they should. The Cowboys, with all their pieces, should be 4-0 against the Skins and the Giants this year. Right? right. So... We we gotta get Elliot in here. We gotta get him in. We gotta get these guys signed, and it's gonna be what's gonna be, and that, that's it. But uh, I don't Harry Giant talk. I, let's just have him on record saying the Giants are winning the division, uh, and um, you know Harry th- likes to throw these out there and hopes that one of them sticks. And yeah. I, I just right. don't see that. I don't see how this Giant team. They they got no, the, you know uh, Barkley is fantastic. They're gonna waste his prime years right now. Uh, I think Manning. I can't imagine Jones not playing any football this year for the Giants, right? So uh, he's good by game five or six, I think, he's quarterbacking this team, and they're going to lose most of those games. I you think. Know, I'm sorry, I feel bad. I'm just getting note here. Uh, Harry's future father-in-law just heard his Giants take and just jumped out a window. It's very sad. <laughs> Harry, get over there. Maybe you can catch him, Harry. Go get him. Uh, oh, my God. Yeah. 
This is what you focus on, Harry. This is what you should focus on. Eli gets to save face, and we've texted this back and forth. They have no receivers. I don't know what you Sterling Sharp or whoever you think is playing. He's, Sterling Shepard's hurt. Coleman's out. Tate's gone for four games. Like that, no receivers. So now he has an excuse. He could ride off into the sunset. I said, no receivers. Right. Here you go. I'm passing the baton to Daniel Jones. Good luck with this terrible team. And then Eli, the your beloved star, that's what, gets that's to what save you face. Are, that's what you guys all want, but. What you want and what you get are two different things. Shepard will be there <laughs> okay. for, the, have you, for the rest of the season. All Shepard right. will be there. Uh, well, Tate, Tate, what do you like? Do you like anyone for a division? <laughs> I'm going to defend Harry a little bit. I think that the Giants have a chance to maybe to maybe make something happen. Just just for the sheer fact that you know there's always turnover in these divisions. So maybe maybe they piece it together just for Harry's sake. But uh, yeah, as I kind of go through these divisions, uh, I, I kind of like you know the Falcons are a team. I know Darren talked about the Falcons. Uh, that that's a team I see in the NFC South just because there's so much turnover down there. I could see them getting it back together. So that's a team I like. But uh, yeah, I, I'll I'll defend Harry for the sake of defending Harry because he is a hero at the that. end of the day. I hate that about you, Tate. Paul, I the Giants could have nine of 11 new starters on defense from like 16, 18 months ago. That that doesn't typically work, right? No, you're right. Uh, no, yeah, that, that takes time to get used to a certain system. And yeah, uh, I, I just don't, uh, you know, well, listen, our worst nightmare, Sal, right, would be for the Giants to be good, right? Like that, that would be terrible. But, well, uh, that that opening usually, game, Paul, like, we're usually we're usually a four point favorite on that opening game. It's usually a Sunday night game. Now, what is it? Seven? Yeah. I'm not supposed to guess the it's lines strange. this early, but I think I yeah, saw it already. But you know what? And, and nothing for nothing. So, can we get rid of playing the Giants in Week One? I'm just sick of it anyway, right now. Just yeah. uh, let's let's play somebody else in Week One for crying I think out we loud. We should do the right thing and just <laughs> leave the league. Just leave it. Just secede from the whole league. <laughs> Bring someone else in there, a CFL team or something. Uh, I forgot to say, I, I didn't give my pick to make the playoffs, uh, to not make the playoffs. I'm, I'm kind of going Brother Bry's way, going against the grain, only because this looks like a fishy line. Like, why are the Bears, who were 12-4, and four, plus 105 to not make the playoffs? Tate, stick up for your uh, boy Trubisky here. I, I bet everybody's jumping on them to make it at minus 125 or 130, but be a pretty big size uh, regression from 12-4. and four. Um, I know they play New Orleans. They play at the Rams. Everyone is all in on this Bears, and but maybe that defense isn't as good as, as it was last year. Maybe it just isn't. It's what happened at Jacksonville. That defense almost took them to the Super Bowl and then went to shit the next year. This Could this happen to the Bears, or is uh, Mitchell Trubisky going to save the universe? I think that people are doubting Trubisky a little bit with some of the deep throws. I know he's a very accurate, accurate deep passer, despite what most people think. So I think that's a little bit. And then also the schedule plays a part in it. And also I think people think that, like you said, Khalil Mack may take a step back. He doesn't have the ammo to prove the Raiders wrong and the rest of the world wrong, you know, with this big deal that he got with the Bears. So maybe that happens. But I do believe in the Bears, maybe more so than the Vikings. So that's sort of the proposition there for me. It's like, who do you think is going to finish between those two teams higher? I believe more in the Bears. Uh, I believe more in Trubisky. And uh, I could be completely wrong because Kirk Cousins could have a great year. But so far, I believe in the Bears. All right. He believes in the Bears. All right, Harry, redeem yourself. We're going to do a couple more here. We're going to do AFC, NFC picks. Redeem yourself with that terrible Giants pick and that little less than terrible Bills pick. Who's going to win the AFC this year? Uh, you'll probably like this one. You'll probably throw some money at it. I'm taking the Kansas City Chiefs at plus 575 uh, to win the AFC. Uh, Kansas City's defense got a bad rap last season. I think, uh, sure, I mean, they gave up a lot of a lot of yards, 
in so many games, though, they were up 21 nothing right off the bat in the first half. You follow that bend-don't-break mentality. This year's defense is all new with uh, offensive, uh, uh, off- uh, excuse me, defense coordinator Steve Spagnuolo is brand new. Uh, you know what he did with the Giants? Uh, got a ring there uh, in his uh, aggressive Stop with the Giants. team is he bringing to. I know, right? <laughs> On offense, they play. <laughs> they were first in the league, obviously, in yards, points scored. I, I could see that happening again. Mahomes is just a man. I mean, it, he learned from last year. It's fingernail away from making uh, the Super Bowl and winning the AFC. Uh, I think running back by committee might actually be better for Kansas City this year because of the way they run their offense than having Kareem Hunt back there. Uh, the big tomatoes got a lot of weapons, and like I said, if, if the defense is even slightly better, and Mahomes is what we believe he is, Kansas City could even be better than last season and take down New England in the AFC. I don't mind that. I think New England and Kansas City, if you if you take them both to win the AFC, I think you're in good shape probably there. Um, the Tariq uh, Hill thing was huge for the Chiefs, I think they obviously. Take a step back. Justin Houston's gone. D. Ford and his long fingers, he's gone. They, they spent a lot on Frank Clark. Gave him $104 million, uh, a 2019 first, a 2020 second. They, you know, but they have um, they have an easy first four, I think, Jags, Raiders, Lions. The last four at at Pats, at Bears, and the Chargers week 17. So um, it's a it's a weird schedule, but I think at plus 575, that's that's pretty good for the AFC. Uh, Parley Kid jumping over to the NFC. You're taking the runner up Rams, right? Yes, Sal. Uh, you know, a lot of cases uh, when a team loses the Super Bowl, there's a bit of a hangover. Uh, we had a chance uh, to meet Coach McVay, uh, and uh, do you think do you think that there's any way, or any of us think that there's any way he's going to let this team have a Super Bowl hangover? There's no way, right? He hasn't slept in months. This guy, he put a lot of the blame uh, for that Super Bowl loss on himself, which. All good coaches really do. Uh, and and uh, I'm sure he's been devising ways uh, to uh, improve all offseason. Um, you know, I think they have the best player in the NFL in, in Aaron Donald. Uh, Todd Gurley need problems? No problem for this team uh, because, as McVay told us, he's going to be slinging it all over the place this year. So, yeah. right, we had a quick chance to talk to him, and he said that they're going to be slinging it all over the place. And Gurley will be good enough. Uh, as will uh, what I think is a rookie of the year candidate uh, and Henderson from Memphis in the backfield. I think that's going to be good enough to get it done. And everybody kind of wants to dismiss Goff. Like, you know, he didn't finish that strong last year. People want to kind of uh, diminish him a little bit. Um, but the guy did throw for 4,700 yards last year, Sal. Yeah. And uh, with a healthy Cooper Cup uh, back in the mix, and that's when Goff is at his best, when Cup is there, Combined with, with, with Cooks, uh, Reynolds, Woods, they got four guys who can catch the ball. Uh, I think McVeigh, I think you know he's going to you know, play his uh, cards, keep his cards close to the vest there. But I think when the regular season opens up, boy, oh boy, I think this offense is going to be dynamic again. And I think the Rams uh, at, what does it tell? Do I have them at plus 625 plus to win the NFC? So, yeah. Right, I really like that. I think I think this team is they're motivated by that loss. Now McVeigh is motivated by the loss, and I think we all came away right. So we were all super impressed with with McVeigh, right? Even First though it was five minutes, 
A- anyone right. who's a fan of mine is, uh, I'm a fan of theirs instantly. So when we walked in, and not to say that McVeigh is, but he literally turned to his handler, whoever he was with, nice guy, said, hey, they're here. So he knew us from the podcast, yes. so that opened it up. And we talked yes. to him, and we threw some specific odds at him. Uh, Goff, what did you say? Goff to to uh, to 35 to 1 to lead the league in passing yards. Passing yards or touch yeah. passing yards, right. He loved that, and, uh, said, like you said. What did I? Said, was it, I'm sorry. So was it touchdowns or passing yards? Now I, I, I forget either way. Maybe it was touchdown passes. I don't know. Might I, have been touchdown passes. You've dreamt about the moment so many times. You, I, I, I can't imagine. believe I, I know. I can't believe I know. I'm forgetting about this uh, now. I, I, he told I, me. I know, but I bet. I, look. He would go over ten and a half wins for the Rams. He's all and obviously these guys are all confident about their team, but there's no reason to not be honestly. Really, uh, at Carolina, yeah. New Orleans, at Cleveland, Tampa Bay to start. That's pretty good. As you mentioned, Cooper Cup returns. Um, you know, it's weird. They play the, the boys, the Saints, and the Bears. They play the boys and the Saints um, in the playoffs. So these teams might kind of have it out for them. They, they might be the team that, you know, the, the Cowboys of old that everybody wants to beat. But Eric Weddle's an upgraded safety there. I think they're okay. I think they're going to be in good shape there. That's, pretty, that's a pretty good number, partly, kid, plus 625. Uh, yeah. I'm going to take the Saints. Now, they those two played each other in the championship game last year. Not many people remember. It was a controversial ending. I just think they were one terrible call away from making it uh, to the Super Bowl, winning the, the um, NFC. Two crazy plays away from the Super Bowl, if you count that Diggs play from uh, two years ago. And this is kind of going to be, I think this is a swan song. Not that he's going to retire after this year, but Drew Brees, you know, he's on borrowed time here. I think he's going to get it done. Michael Thomas signs a big contract. I think they'll get to about 11 wins or so. A little tough start. Houston at L.A., at Seattle, and Dallas. But then it gets easier uh, towards the end. They they help themselves in secondary. They're going to be all right. Sean Payton, 14 years. This is going to be uh, this is going to be the team to beat, I think, in the NFC. Um, Brother Bry, you're picking a team to win the Super Bowl. <laughs> yes, I am. Well, you know what it is. So I'm looking at the Colts at 18 to one to win the Super Bowl. Look, I don't love them. I I do like Harry the plus 575 for the Chiefs to win the AFC. But when you look at Super Bowl odds, right? So the Colts are plus 750 to win the AFC. But when you look at Super Bowl odds, the Chiefs are plus 850 for Super Bowl, and the Colts are 18 to one. So there's a big disparity there. Wow. So I do like the Colts for the Super Bowl odds at 18 to one. Look, it's possible the only thing separating these two by the end of last year, even though it seemed like a blowout that game, that weather played a, a big role in that playoff game. So it's possible it's just the home field advantage there. The Colts finished up the season 9-1, and one, and you could tell as the season pro- progressed, Luck's arm definitely got a lot, a lot better. But when, you, when Luck is healthy, they're pretty much a shoo-in for the playoffs. And, and now they, you know, they have a lot of talent around him. So... I mean, I know we're saying their schedule's tough, um, and they do have a tough schedule. Or at least, I mean, when you look at the strength of schedule, it seems like it's tough based on the numbers. But it's like if they win at Chargers that first game, then, you know, you're at Tennessee. But then they're home against Atlanta, Oakland, then at KC, home against Houston, home against Denver. They have Miami, Jacksonville at home in there. Uh, it's not it's not the most difficult schedule. So um, I do think, you know, last year – Going into that divisional round, I thought they were just as good almost as anybody, and that offensive line is so good. Um, uh, to me, yeah. I think them and the Chiefs, I think them and the Chiefs are comparable. So 
again, when I'm looking at Super Bowl odds and value, I, I just like the Colts at 18 to one. But again, I'm not. That's not disparaging what Harry said at plus 575 because I think that's good value too for the AFC Championship too. So what? What's a better 18 to one, uh, brother Bry? Is it the Colts to win the Super Bowl or the Giants to make the playoffs? <laughs> Division. Oh, the, Harry, which one do you like better? Both the one Super Bowl, the Giants for What I think has more possibility. I don't know if it, as I like it more. More possibilities. The Giants win the NFC. Oh. <laughs> All right. Well, you know what? It's a, the comedian should always end on their strongest joke, and I think that that was. Uh, we're not going to get better than that. <laughs> They're not winning the East, Harry. Come on, Tate. Don't defend this anymore. We got to go. We got Jeff Schwartz waiting for us. I like it, Harry. Guns are blazing <laughs> at the end. We're going to be in Vegas in a couple of weeks. We'll let you know about it next week exactly when. You know, this is a, this is a Harry deal. So if he can get it done, we'll be in Vegas. We'll tell you where you can come by and say hi. Uh, but right now, stay tuned for Jeff Schwartz. All right, welcome back to Against All Odds, part of the Ringer Podcast Network. On the line right now, good friend of the podcast former NFL lineman, eight years in the league, now spews gridiron wisdom on Sirius XM, Pac-12 Today is the name of the show. He's on SB Nation, uh, Sirius XM, NFL, ESPN Radio. He's all over the place. He's like the, uh, like the Kendrick Perkins of the gridiron. His book is called Eat My Schwartz, Just a Fat Kid Living a Dream, which means I now have to think of a different title for my book. Jeff Schwartz, thanks for coming on Against All Odds. Oh, glad to be here. That's a fantastic intro. You're very good at introing. I don't think I'm that cool, but uh, I'll take it anyways. <laughs> You're cool. And you know what? You you warned me that your children might be running in looking for their iPads any minute now, which would make you even cooler <laughs> in my eyes. Well, yeah. So my, my wife isn't, isn't, isn't home quite yet from work. And my kids are watching TV right now. They're five and three. And the iPads are sitting here on my office desk. And as they run in here during this, I'm trying to throw the iPads at them. And okay. then they'll be quiet. Right. So I'm hoping it happens live. That's a good plan. All right. I'm I'm betting that you hit uh over one and a half of them in the forehead. But let's <laughs> let's I, I digress. We're in preseason. Hard knock starts today. I think we're 30 days away from kickoff. What what does preseason mean to you? An an ex NFL player, do you do you get nauseous when it comes up? Are you excited? Are you uh, melancholy? Are you saying, hey, glad that's not me? What what are some of the feelings that go through you? Well, it's interesting. You know, I, I miss a couple of things about football. One is I miss the winning part of it, right? I mean, and, and the winning is really don't get that experience really much in life and anything else that you do. The experience just from that, you know, the winning, like you played a three hour battle, you're physically beat up, you're tired, you're emotional, you're walking off that field with, with a victory and everything you, all the work you put in that week uh, is paid off and everyone's happy. The coaches are happy. The owner's happy. The trainers, happy. everyone's happy in the building. Like that feeling you'll really never get in life. So I miss that feeling only. And I miss a little bit of just the camaraderie of training camp. As much as training camp uh, is a bore and, and it's a mentally draining, um, you know, you're, you're, you're with your buddies basically for, for 12 hours a day, every single day. And, and so I, I do miss that. I don't miss anything else. And look, I know I'm going to sound like the old man uh, here, but, um, you know, training camp is just different now. It's not as hard. Uh, I was part of the, the, pre-CBA, 2011 CBA, we had double days. We didn't get, you know, we didn't get days off. Now guys get, you know, every fifth day off, every fourth day off. Um, you know, a lot of veterans don't, don't practice as much. They don't play in the preseason as much anymore. Uh, so it's a different, it's a different preseason now. It's really the goal is to just make sure everyone is healthy to play week one, 
They've gotten enough work into where they feel they're ready to go. And that seems to be the goal of, of most every team now. Do you think because the conditioning is less, you know, there's no less mandatory conditioning. You think those first two weeks, first week at least is, is a precursor. Like you're not really getting much out of it in terms of judging a team. Does it, does it throw it up, throw it up in the air? I'm thinking just gambling wise, but do you think teams are less prepared, I, less, uh, less uh, in condition the first couple of weeks? Of the preseason, the preseason, right? Um, yes. I, mean, I think you see if you look at if you look at coaches' records against the spread in the preseason, the top three. If you throw out Frank Reich from last year, who you know his first year coaching, uh, the top three guys are Harbaugh, Carroll, and Zimmer. Right? They're all defensive guys. So defensive coaches want to win these games badly. They always want to win games. They want to win them ugly, and they want to play really good defense. They want to tackle well, and they're going to leave their starters in a little bit longer, and they're going to press the issue. Right? So defensive coaches really want to have a kind of a great showing every single game. Offensive coaches, right? If you're an offensive coach, you just want your one, your one offense to do really well. If they're not playing, then you hope your twos do well. But your main focus really is just how your offense looks. Yeah, it's great if your defense is playing well. But that's really not your main concern. Your main concern is making sure that your guys get their work and the, the backups that, that need to work get their work, and then, and then they're done for the day, right? You want to get in a rhythm. And so that's why it's not surprising to see a lot of these defensive coaches um, – do really well in the preseason. And also I think, you know, first year head coaches, first time head coaches do really well early in preseason because they, their players want to win for them. Um, you know, there's, there, there's not as much competition as you think in training camp. Uh, you know, I'm a pretty, I feel pretty confident saying about 46 to 47 of the 53 spots are pretty much spoken for before camp even starts. The players don't know that obviously, um, but you know, now being out of it, it's pretty easy to tell. Um, and the competition just ratchets up a little bit on those teams. When you have new coaches, new coaches want to pull the roster. They want to, to churn it. They want new guys. They want their guys in. And you want to have a good showing in your first preseason game or second preseason game, really, with a new coach. Uh, you want to play well. You're going to give a little bit more effort. You're going to show out. It's the first time they get to see you on the mm-hmm. field. So, you know, teams with first-year head coach, I think the number – uh, the Fine Friends of Action Network having 53% against the spread for first-year head coaches in their first preseason game, something like that. Um, but I think it's a good trend to look at. Well, I, by the way, that's great. I, I love stuff like that. So for, so first-year coaches and defensive-minded coaches, you're saying put more of an emphasis on winning these preseason games. That, honestly, we're like 130 episodes in here. That might have been the first meaningful thing anyone said on this podcast in terms of uh, helping uh, uh, sports gamblers. I'm going to write that down I mean, and I, probably blow I, all my preseason money it, tonight. This is, as I looked it up, like for the, for the Hall of Fame game, it, it, uh, Vic Fangio was now the fifth straight coach who had his first game, the Hall of Fame game, to cover. Fifth yeah. straight coach. Yeah, I don't want to talk about that game. You and I were kind of following that. We went back and forth on Twitter there, but that 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 was a garbage ending. But I I understand. I understand the sentiment. The, the, the Rippin's nephew throws a, a hail mary from the somehow from the twenty yard line and, and it connects. But I've I've put that behind me. You know what? I I watched the preseason. I think about and I know you say it was different back back in the day, but I felt bad for the big guy, you big guys especially, because first of all. It's 100 degrees everywhere. Anywhere you go in the country, it's 100 degrees. Maybe you'll get lucky. You get to Oxnard where it's like 78, 80 if, if you're the Cowboys. But everywhere else, it's 100 degrees. You got these big guys. A lot of them are tro- probably trying to cut weight, like you said, like get in the shape for the first time yeah. uh, in, in you know July, early July. I remember stories about like Tony Saragusa used to take a, a, a phone book and bang his knee to loosen up some, some cartilage just so he could sit Jeez. so he didn't have to participate in the two a days. Did you ever feel like doing something like that? (laughs) 
No, I was I was plenty injured enough without having to, to take a, a phone book to my knees and not sit. Um, I mean, look, I get asked this a lot, and, and the question you basically just asked is is the one is, you know, how, how do you do it? Right? Like, how do you do the two days? I had training camp for the first four years of my career. Uh, three of those were John Fox. We had two days. Called the, we call them the Foxhole. We're down in Spartanburg, South Carolina, where the Panthers still practice now. And you can talk to anyone um, who's actually who's been there, and they'll verify this. It is hot. I mean, it is like it is miserably hot and you practice in a bowl so you have to walk down into the practice field and the heat just like sits on top of the bowl we had practices at 3 p.m some days with full pads and you just you're in the air conditioning locker room and you walk out and you kind of look up at the sun and you're like oh my god i have to do this i can't believe i'm gonna do this and you just do it like like there was no other option there wasn't an option to sit out there wasn't an option to cool off yeah there were no clouds i mean maybe you had a thunderstorm which actually didn't happen for the first three years i was there um you just do it because there's just no other option. I mean, if you want to play, if you want to get paid, if you want to make a team, you have to practice. In some games, you know, are hot for the first couple of weeks. You play those 1 p.m. kickoffs uh, in the South. Uh, it's going to be hot. So you just have to suck it up and do it. Um, and that's the best yeah. the best way to put it. Well, let's talk about this now. Now, we, we discussed coaches and first-year coach. I think there's like eight first-year, not first-year coach, but eight coaches on a, a new team uh, yeah. this season. Um so they're probably exempt from the first coach fired uh, roster there, but they do have odds on first coach fired. I, I think everyone's focused on the wrong Gruden here. I think Jay Gruden is on a short leash here. Um, he is actually the favorite to be a first coach fired, let go at plus 350. Do you see him surviving? Do you see someone else uh, jumping in? Or maybe there's no one fired this uh, season because there are so many new coaches. Well, you're gonna you're gonna have to end up getting someone fired. I love, by the way, that Adam Gase is like the tenth best odds to get fired in his first year as a head coach. It's just amazing when he sees these odds. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, look, I, I think Drake Gruden definitely has a short leash uh, because of um, just their lack of winning. But he kind of has a built-in excuse, right? Alex Smith out for the year, rookie right. quarterback, and Dwayne Haskins. If Dwayne Haskins plays better than expected, I think he does probably keep his job. Now, I don't think they're going to be very good. I, I like them under. I think six and a half wins is what they're at. Um, but there's a couple interesting ones here. So Doug Marone is plus 1,500. I think Jacksonville is going to be okay this year with Nick Foles, but I don't know if Nick Foles will be as good as he was in Philly. Um, I think he'll be I think he'll be better than Blake Bortles. He won't lose them games. But, you know, when he kind of got out of those two games where he had the great games in the, champion, in the conference championship game in the Super Bowl, he was just average most of the time um, or below yeah. average. He's just average quarterback. And you add him in Jacksonville now with, with that division, but I think the one to look at is possibly Bill O'Brien. You know, the Texans this year um, have a much tougher schedule than they did last year. Last year, according to Warren Sharp, um, they played the easiest schedule of quarterbacks in the past four plus years in the NFL. They faced just two quarterbacks who finished above average in, in, in success rate. They faced nine backup quarterbacks last season. This year, they faced yeah. the number one toughest schedule, uh, hmm. and they, their offensive line has not been fixed. They obviously don't have a running back at the moment. They might trade for 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 someone. Watts getting older. Clowney's not there. I think I like Deshaun Watson a lot. They obviously have pieces, but if injuries wreck them and they just don't play as well, you might look at Bill O'Brien at plus twelve hundred as the first coach fired. Man, you know, someone wrote a, a letter in, and I read it, and they 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 went through a lot of the same things you did with Bill O'Brien, facing tough quarterbacks and everything, and. The, uh, I just, you know, he's won the division three out of the last four years. I Believe me, I thought there was a time where Bill O'Brien could be let go, but I feel like he kind of 
he kind of weathered the storm. I feel like him. I feel like Anthony Lynn. Like these are guys on the upside who maybe won't get fired. Would you say he was twelve to one, somewhere in there, right? Yeah, uh, 12, twelve to, to one. one. Yeah. I, don't know. I, I just I think Jake is like one. too easy. Otherwise, otherwise, just like there really is not a great bet here outside of oh, Gruden at plus three. Like like Matt Patricia has a second, but he's not getting fired this year. Pat no, Shermer's right. not getting fired. I mean, all these guys like Dan Quinn, Jason, maybe Jason Garrett, Cowboys play terribly. He's, but he's, I think he's on, I don't think he even has a deal next year. So they might just let him walk at the end of the year. So there's not a lot of options here for guys to get fired. I mean, unless, look, unless Cam Newton gets hurt again and the Panthers are really bad. Uh, but right. I feel like Ron Rivera has the respect around the NFL, especially with, with David Tepper. He's not going to fire him in the middle of the season. So exactly. this is not the a great CEO and everything. Yeah. yeah. How about yeah. this for you know who's at the very bottom in the list? And I understand this to, uh, on some level, but Bill Belichick, one hundred and fifty to one. Obviously, it's not you're not going to go three and thirteen. It's not going to be because of something like that. But uh, no one has cheated more more in sports history than Bill Belichick. He may have to be fired for cause. You know who knows what he could do? He could do something uh, untoward, and they, they have to let him go. Isn't that a good bet at one hundred and fifty to one? I'd rather you put money on a running back winning the MVP than betting on that. That's not how he's not. <laughs> All right, now let's get to that. I, yeah, that's my next thing I wanted to get to. The pick for MVP, the first 18 are quarterbacks, odds wise. Like now, I understand a quarterback wins every year, but I don't remember it where the first 18, like it was always like an Adrian Peterson was like sixth or something. But 18 quarterbacks, does this make sense to you? Jameis Winston's higher than Ezekiel Elliott or, you know, whatever. He has contract things going on, but. Uh, Camara yeah. or Barkley or anyone like that. Does this make sense that it has to be a quarterback? I think it does, unfortunately. And I feel like we need to have two separate awards or the MVP award, which is the most valuable player, but also just the best quarterback award because, you know, right. the last one to, to win this, it was not a quarterback it was Adrian Peterson. I was on that team. He had 12, he had 2000 yards rushing in 2012, but two running backs before him uh, to win MVP were, were LT in 06 and Sean Alexander the year before that. And they both had a record season. They both, they, they, they both tied the, the record for most touchdowns, rushing touchdowns in a season. So you have to have a running back who has a, a historic season and also has a team that's playing well. So you do look at maybe Zeke Elliott comes back. You know, Saquon is going to put up numbers, but his team is probably not going to make the playoffs. Sure, so he's not going right. to be MVP. Um, Gurley's not, you know, so I think you have to look at quarterbacks. They just put every quarterback here. The best part about this list, by the way, I, and is that Lamar Jackson is, is plus 3,000 and Tom Brady's plus 2,500. Are you, are you kidding me? Really? Wow. Lamar Jackson is, is ahead of, of Jared Goff too. Um, I, I, I well, that's wild to me. But otherwise, I mean, this list is pretty much. There's not. There's not a. I mean, Carson Wentz. I think a plus eight hundred is probably about right. I mean, they have uh, talk about schedule. I mean, I think the schedule is is very important when we talk about kind of futures. But one of the, they have the third easiest, you know, third easiest schedule in the NFL this season. They had a bunch of injuries last year. If they just reduce that by half. They're going to be right. healthy and be very good. And he's put up he's put up MVP type numbers before. Just has to be healthy. Mahomes is not repeating, in my opinion. We haven't had a repeat since Manning uh, about ten years ago. Um, I think Matt Ryan at plus twenty five hundred. I think it is is interesting. He threw for almost five thousand yards last year. Thirty five like touchdowns. They rebuilt that whole offensive line. You know, he took more sacks last year than ever before. That could be a good uh, number to pop up there. Yeah, Matt Ryan. Yeah. And, I, and uh, how about I, this? Yeah, I, they don't play. Go ahead. I'm sorry. They don't play out. They don't play outside till November seventeenth this year. Wow! Wow! 
That's something. And he's good indoors, right? That's what you tell me. Yeah, no. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Uh, yeah, there are some good numbers. It just drove me. It, it just, I was, it was weird to me that it's all quarterbacks. But I guess if you look over the years, it is all quarterbacks. But it's different from the NBA. It's not like you have to come in the top two seeds to win this thing, uh, aside from the Westbrook year. You could kind of be on a, you're not going to be on a three and 13 team and win the MVP. But uh, like, for instance, Aaron Rodgers is third at 12 to one. You're not, he's, they're not going 13 and three, right? Uh, you, you want 10 and six out of that team for him to be considered. Yeah. Yeah. You don't, yeah. You won't need to have them go, uh, go 13 and three, but you know, I think quarterbacks don't have to have as big, you know, their team doesn't have to have the record quite like a running back does. You know, I just felt when JJ Watt a couple of years ago was, I think 14 or 15, you know, it was, was not the MVP and he had that amazing year. I think it was in 14, that amazing year, mm-hmm. you know, Aaron Donald of the, the numbers he's put up when, when, when those guys did not even sniff an MVP, I just figured it was never going to be uh, anything more than a quarterback award. It just, you know, you could argue that, that I know that Watt and Donald don't really affect the, the line very much as far as value, but you know, they're, they're they played an excellent season. Some of the best that, that the defenders have ever had, they wouldn't, you know, they didn't sniff the MVP. So it really is just a quarterback race, just depending on what quarterback you think is going to do it this year. By the way, what does Jeff Schwartz have to do to get a vote? An MVP vote? I don't know. I'm, I probably have to join some some writing association, but I I feel like that's just too much. That's too, that's too prestigious for me. Well, listen, jo- join a writing association. I can get you in the Writers Guild probably. You'll get uh, free movie screeners at the end of December. It'll be great. You'll get a vote, and people let's, should win the MVP. Do it. Maybe actually win at some point. Does that's it, what we're going to do. Count, does like just writing on a blog count? Yeah, that should be it. In this day and age, that, that's good enough, I think. Okay, uh, all right, give it to me straight, Jeff Schwartz, who's winning the Super Bowl. Well, I'm probably supposed to say the Chiefs because my brother plays for the Chiefs. But, I mean, look, this is as boring as it comes. It's going to be the Patriots. I mean, look, it, it, their schedule their schedule style is so easy. Like, they, they have yeah. their division, and their three, their three toughest games not out of division are at home. Cowboys at home, Chiefs at home, Steelers at home. Steelers, obviously, Patriots week one. You know, they're going to be 12 and four again. They're going to have home field throughout. How many teams in the AFC are going to, 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 to New England in the, in the championship game and beating them? You know, I could see obviously the Chiefs can do it, I think, with Mahomes. Maybe Andrew Luck can do it. Maybe Big Ben. Those are three quarterbacks and three teams, I think, have the stones to go into New England and beat them. When's the last time they lost a home playoff game? 10 years? They don't, they don't lose their home yeah, playoffs. Probably. Is it the Ravens? Yeah. I don't even. I don't. Even, I, I can look it up, but I, I don't. Even, it's been. It's been that long since they've lost a, a home playoff game, um, and they're going to be in the Super Bowl again. So I'm taking. I'm taking Bill Belichick, Tom Brady in the Super Bowl against whoever else. I'm taking that team. I, I mean, I just. You know, I think the NFC can be the Cowboys or the Falcons. Um, I think it could be obviously the, the Eagles again. But in the NFC, that you know, you don't have a lot of teams kind of getting back to the promised land. Uh, so soon. I know we had the Seahawks and a little bit of the Giants five years apart, but you just don't you just don't see it very often. So I just I I, I just it's boring, but it's probably it's probably um, the probably them. I I don't I'm I don't know who yeah, else. No, I, I think the last right. home playoff loss was, was the last home playoff loss was 2012. They lost to Baltimore. You're right. They lost to Baltimore. Baltimore. Before that, before that, you know they they lost to Baltimore. And, Baltimore's really been their issue. They've lost to Baltimore a couple yeah, times. Yeah, they now. can avoid the Ravens. Um, They're fine. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think I you're right. And just even from a value perspective, even if you don't think they're going to win the Super Bowl. Look at 7-1. to one. I th- I'm hitting on the same point you did. 
They're going to win that division. They're expected to win the division by three and a half games. So they're going to win that division. They're almost they're, they're going to get a first round by. We saw what happens when they don't get a first round by last year. Right. They figure out a way to win anyway. D Ford is a fingertip is offside. So they, they advance to the Super Bowl. But it's looking like they're going to get a buy because these other teams are you know, the top two in every other division is, is tougher than ever, I think. So I think they're going to end up like, you know, they could end up like a 12 and four. So now you're working backwards. They need to win one game to get into the championship game. What are those odds going to be once they get to that point that we just set up? Like it's going to be plus 350 come uh, come January 1st, right? Probably. And, you know, there's this big thing where we, you know, people, at least on social media, when they when they kind of tell us, our, you know, who they want to bet for futures, they always want to bet these long, these long ones, right? The plus 3,000s. Yeah, it's great if you win one of those, but to your point, there's still value in a plus 700 Patriots bet because the number's not going to get better Unless right. they go two and two in September, and then maybe you're getting a plus nine hundred or maybe a plus a thousand, but even mm-hmm. then, that that might happen. But you're getting the best of number now if you just consider they're going to be the playoffs again when they're not going to get plus seven hundred. So this idea that you that you can't bet a short, you know, I mean a short favorite, but it's still plus money because they're they're the favorite, quote unquote, the favorite is is BS in my opinion. I don't know why you get sucked into betting Mitch Trubisky to win the MVP because he's just 200 to one. It just sounds pretty good. It's not with MVP this year. You're throwing away your money. That doesn't happen. Yeah, you're right. Uh, yeah. Now, you know what? You just depressed me, Jeff. You, you really did. I was excited about the season. Now you're saying the Patriots are going to win. And then you're right. They are going to win. What do we do? We even play it out anymore. I hate it. I hate uh, it. Every as, a Chiefs fan, as a Chiefs fan, I'll, I'll play it out, but I'm sure Chiefs fans will be angry with me, but um, I just, Who's your? Are you? Are you? A, are you a Giants Jets guy? What, what, I'm a Cowboys fan. I ended up. Uh, don't ask Ooh. how it happened, but I've been. I, I've followed I've, since the Danny White years. I, I wanted to be Danny White when I was a kid. So, and it didn't didn't work out exactly. But uh, I'm a big Cowboys fan. Uh, <laughs> uh, Garrett could go any of the last six years, seven years. I thought he could have gone, but uh, I don't. I don't have a lot of hope. I think they could still win the division. It's interesting though. Your brother's team, the Chiefs, the Eagles, the Giants. And the Browns are the four most bet team wagered on teams in terms of a Super Bowl winning prop. So, um, and I the think Giants? The, Gi- the Giants are ridiculous. The Giants, Giants, I think uh, that's just because you have access to a, a legal book in Jersey, and, and they're just letting it fly there. Uh, but yeah, so and the Browns are the same way. Like, uh, hey, win, win a game, oh. show me something, right? We were just I, we were just I'm, unlocking the fridge uh, with uh, w- with one win last year, right? That was that wasn't very long ago, so. But um, Chiefs and Eagles seem to be the darling bets of uh, of the league. The, the Eagles, the Eagles, I think are, are some value there. Look, the Chiefs are very good. We know Pat Mahomes, but just naturally speaking, they're probably going to have a tiny bit of regression on offense. That's kind of the way things work. Uh, the Browns, man, I, I don't get it. Like, I think the Browns, I think their Vegas number is about perfect, nine and seven. If it gets nine and a half, because people keep betting it up, then I'm going to bet the under when it, when it if it hits that. I don't, get, dude, I don't get it. Like. You know, all we hear from the Browns every day in training camp is just noise, right? There's noise. There's a story. The Baker Mayfield talking about something. Freddie Kitchens, an ex-coach, blasting them, right? The drinking beers thing. I don't care about that. But then the Indians tweeted about us, and Colin talked about it. Like, there's always just there's noise, noise, noise. You don't hear. We hear no noise in Kansas City, in, in Philly. We hear nothing. In Indy, we hear nothing. Nowhere do we hear anything except Cleveland. And I'm supposed to believe that they're the ones breaking the mold. That everyone else who does things a certain way, who just kind of quietly goes about their business and the Browns now are just going to be the different team that does things differently. Get out of here. They're, they're not. 
you know, first year yeah. head coach. Well, they do again. things differently. They did fire an assistant coach while he was laying in a hospital bed. But other than that, I don't, I don't see them doing a lot of, a lot of different things there. But uh, Jeff, thanks for coming on. I know you're busy. Uh, I'm actually a little upset the kids didn't run in for the iPad during the interview, but uh, I guess we can keep it going. But no, uh, please, uh, please come back and talk to us. Um, what do you want to promote? You're on so many things. I don't even know what to say. I have a, I have a website now. They're not just using my website. Use SchwartzNFL.com. I think it's I think I think it's ready to go. It's up and moving around. If you go there, you can find everything I do. Uh, all my Twitter and socials is but they're all articles I write. Um, and uh, if you just go to that website, SchwartzNFL.com, you can find uh, everything I do. And I do a lot, so there's a, there's a good schedule there to, to keep you guys informed. All right. God bless you, Jeff Schwartz. Everybody, thanks for coming on, pal. Yep. Take care. All right, that'll do it for another episode of Against All Odds with Cousin Sal. We'll be back next week with our college football betting spectacular, breaking down all the conference championship and Heisman odds. Lock it in. Back on FS1 Season 2 begins Monday, August 19th, 4.30 to 5.30 Eastern Time. Watch Jimmy Kimmel Live 11.35 tonight and every weeknight on ABC. That's that for the Degenerate Trifecta, Master Tate Frazier and Jeff Schwartz. I'm Sal saying so long and happy handicapping. Masterclass offers exclusive access to online classes taught by masters of their craft. Learn everything from game design to basketball to French pastry fundamentals. Get unlimited access to every masterclass with $30 off at masterclass.com slash odds. That's masterclass.com slash odds for $30 off your first year of the all access pass. Masterclass.com slash odds. I said it again.